up, homies? Welcome back to the NBA Hoops at Lunch podcast here on the Outkick Bets feed. I'm the host, Jeff Clark. It's the third day of our NBA Hoops at Lunch podcast. I'm 4-1 and one thus far this week. Went 2-0 and oh last night in my plays. I'll recap those here in a second, but let me bring in my first-time NBA Hoops at Lunch guest. You've heard him before helping me break down, I think, the Eastern Conference in our NBA preview and a few uh, NFL weekly breakdowns, but uh, got the homie fellow outkick handicapper and beating the bookie handicapper David Troy here on Zoom with me. What up, David? Not too much, man. Appreciate you having me back. We uh, we even put together one for Christmas Day. And that went pretty well, I think, overall. That's right. And I think opening day, too. I just kind of spaced yeah. out. I've had you on no, a bunch of times, so the, yeah. the listeners are very used to hearing you. Um but you are the first guest that I've had here at the, the Hoops on Lunch podcast, which oh, cool. I'm hoping is going to start comeback season for me in the NBA. I told everyone up front on the first NBA Hoops at Lunch podcast that, frankly, I've sucked this year. And um, that being said, and we've talked about this, uh, it, you know, DMs personally, but like I'm super confident in my process and I'm going to yeah. keep firing. Like I've... I, a, it's my job. It's, you know, it's my number one passion. Uh, my, my mom would be a little disappointed about that. You know, she wants <laughs> to have a wife and kids, stuff like that. But, like, sports betting is my number one passion. It's my, you know, my number one focus. And I really have no choice but to fire out of the hole. So that's what I plan on doing. And I don't know. I think I think talking about these picks – and having all the notes in front of me and like being able just verbally communicating them helps my process. Maybe I get smacked in the face and this goes sideways fast, but I'm hoping not. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, I am firing out of a hole, um, starting to get out of it again. I went two and last night. My, uh, my winning picks were over two thirty three and a half in the Celtics thunder game, which, was an effing lock. <laughs> flew uh, over with 150 from the Thunder. Yeah. Uh, we got the worst of the number, though. Um, when I handicapped this, the Celtics Thunder early in the morning, um, the Thunder did not have SGA, their leading score, on their injury report. And by the time it tipped off, he was sitting out. And the w- number went from 233.5 down to 228.5. If you guys follow me on Twitter, you definitely read or saw me bitch. <laughs> I was mad. Um, but my analysis was right on. So I ended up cashing. I I, I thought Boston would carry more of the, the, the scoring load sure. than they ended up doing. But whatever. Like, the Thunder are super aggressive. So they're left wide open for threes. And they end up hitting their threes at home. Um, yep. I hit the, the, the Kings... I have a plus three and a half. I think I gave it out a plus three. Either way, they ended up winning outright, beating Utah 117 to 115, uh, thanks to 37 points from De'Aaron Fox, who we will talk about later because I'm on the Kings again on Wednesday. But um, that was an, I don't know if you stayed up to watch that game. That was a hell of a game. Yep. I did. I saw Markinen's three or two or whatever they tried to call it, the buzzer that went in, too. And, when I first saw it, I was like, it didn't look like he got it off, but I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Just him getting that shot off and in was impressive. I mean, yeah. regardless of the time, it just it was crazy. It was, a, it was a good game, and Fox played outstanding in the fourth quarter. He's, yep. he's underrated, man. 
Um, I agree. I, I, I talked about this in my pod or in my write up for these picks that I'm going to give out in this podcast, but like, and we talked about it in the preseason, I have to eat crow on De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis. I thought they were good stats, bad team players. Um, they're calling kind of rallying around each other and new head coach, Mike Brown. They were all three of them were effectively cast offs and a bunch of them frankly, were slept on by, by, by me, including. So I like De'Aaron Fox coming out of college. I, maybe it's just like the Kings ruined him. They're, they're, they're just dysfunction before Mike Brown and, and, and just historically speaking. And I mean, like every other big, you know, you need a good point guard and Sabonis has a legitimate point guard and, and De'Aaron Fox. So it's working thus far. Yeah, we can. I mean, we can talk more about it later. We can talk about it now. But I, I mean, I have some stuff to say about Sabonis and, and the way that those two work together and Sacramento in general. In general, um, this well, is easily the best team Fox has ever been on, though. Okay, I, I would. I'd love to talk about it right now. Right now, if you're down, um, because one sure. of my picks were are the Kings, which is the only bet that I've made that hasn't moved dramatically since giving it out this morning at like seven a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, I wake up super, we were talking about this before we started recording, but I wake up super early in the morning. I'm like messaging Dave, like three <laughs> thirty my time <laughs> um, with picks like, Hey, what do you got? This is what I got. Um, so I'm up grinding early. Uh, but, but the Kings is still going at minus minus one fifteen money line, which is where I played it. Um, I guess I am a little nervous given that a lot more money is on the Kings. Ooh, excuse me. Nope. The bets are split now. All right, so I feel a little bit better about it, but I'm on the Kings um, in the second of a back-to-back. Like I just said, they beat the Jazz last night, but what are your similar thoughts on on the Kings, Sabonis, Fox, whatever? Yeah, so the Kings in general, I I took their over at the beginning of the season for their win total because I thought it was just a little too low. Um, I thought they were being a little disrespected. I didn't think they were going to be this good. Um, I don't think Mike Brown is like the best coach in the world or something, but he clearly has learned a few things since coaching LeBron and and being with the Warriors and he's obviously improved their defense. And when it came out that like he, his goal was to try and get them to shoot like 43s a game. And then you got Herder on the team. You got Sabonis who can shoot threes if he wants to. Uh, Keegan Murray is really good. The worst thing the Kings have done though is trade away Halliburton. And I don't know that Halliburton and Fox would ever have worked together, but uh, getting Sabonis is actually like one of those trades. I think that has worked out for both teams and both teams have to be pretty happy. Dude, if you're watching stunning. them, like how yeah, both teams right? improved by just yeah. swapping players. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Indiana actually probably can improve even more if they do trade away Turner and healed and everything that um, healed, they got in that same trade. But uh, one thing I just want to mention about Sacramento is you, you mentioned um, Fox kind of being the point guard and helping out Sabonis, but if you're watching some of these games, Sabonis is actually dribbling up the court quite a bit. Um, and even with a broken thumb right now, I was watching the game last night, he'd get rebounds and he's not looking to like pass it out to the corner and push the ball up as like we've seen Sacramento do so many times over the years. He's dribbling it up himself. He's looking around. He's trying to get some assists. There was one play last night I can remember I think it was in the third quarter. Sabonis was at the three. Murray made a cut to the basket, and he lobbed it over um, Utah's defender to Murray, and Murray got like a three-point play out of it. it. I mean, it's like they're trying to say, Sabonis, we want you to be like a mini Jokic. 
Yeah, I was about to ahead. say that. He's a poor man's yeah. Jokic. Yeah. Um, you know, quite frankly, I was looking at like the uh, the All Star selections recently, and this this doesn't mean anything, but I I think Sabonis could legitimately be considered an All Star starter this year. He probably won't be because it's based on fan voting, but he absolutely should be an All Star. He's leading, or he's he's one of the better scoring centers. He's rebounding really well. He's got a bunch of assists. I mean, I like it. Um, but as far as this game. If you want to talk about your pick first, I'll, I'll kind of give you my thoughts afterwards. Um, I'm not against you. I'm, I don't know that I would say I'm for, for your pick either, though. Well, you have a pretty uh, a pretty strict rule about, about at least avoiding teams in the second of a back-to-back, correct? Yeah, generally I try to avoid it um, unless you know they've proven over and over again that they are good in back-to-backs. Uh, the, the Kings are actually okay in it. Um, you know, with, with no rest whatsoever against the spread, they're three and two. Um, my, my bigger issue isn't necessarily back to back. It's back to back two different cities. They played an intense game last night. The Hawks just suck so bad that it's hard for me to be like, Oh no, we need to take the Hawks because it's a bad spot for Sacramento. And a lot of my handicapping comes based on like what spot, what the motivation is, how, you know, what the rest is looking like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, um, but but to go against that, with uh, the rest advantage, you, you want to guess which team is uh, in the, the the third worst in the league with a rest advantage against the spread? Oh, I know it. <laughs> yeah, it's Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, they're two and so, seven against. At least according to my numbers, two and seven against the number with a minus five point nine ATS margin. Yeah. So, do you know if, why that is? Because I, I have a guess. Not really. I I don't know. I don't know what the hell's going on with Atlanta. I expected them to be a lot better this year because um, I like Murray, and I didn't know that they were in a fit perfectly. But I don't know what, what's the reason. I just your... my a. I mean, Atlanta has been overrated by the market since their Eastern Conference Finals trip. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a bit fluky, right? They ran into a, a bit of a. Yeah. I'm a Knicks fan, but a bit of a fraudulent Knicks fan. I feel like uh, most teams would have beaten the Philadelphia 76ers based on the, their situation or their collapse. Um, and then they got kind of humbled. Uh, also, they, you know, they benefited from no fans in the, in the gym um, for most of that year. And if you remember, they were pretty terrible for most of that year until they ended up firing their coach and then putting a Nate McMillan and Nate McMillan and the Hawks had like a matrimony phase and it all worked out. But, Aside from them being just overrated in general by the market, I think I think most people view Atlanta as like a fast-paced team. That's a difficult matchup if you're playing the second of a back-to-back. But I wrote this in my in my write-up. They play at a fast pace, both teams, but but they get different results. Like Atlanta doesn't get out and transition a lot. They take early shitty mid-range jump shots, inefficient shots, right? That's why they mm-hmm. get so many possessions out there. So it's not like they're not using athleticism or their speed in their favor. They're just moving fast and and, un, un, and unorganized, excuse me. And then conversely, Sacramento's 5-1 and one when playing with a rest disadvantage. They have a plus 5.3 ETS margin. And my yep. thought on that is just like, People think, well, you know, they're going to be tired. They're they're you know a fast paced team, so they're gas from the night before. Um, and I think maybe as the season wears on, 
I mean, those numbers are going to regress to the mean, but right now it hasn't been a big deal playing them in the second of a back-to-back, but the most important point was the one that you've already made, which is how terrible Atlanta is specifically on the road. Like just, Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe it's the sight lines, the the fans. I I don't know what it is, but they aren't good on the road. They're not good by straight up record. They're not good against the number. They haven't been really for two years. They're terrible when they come out West and I just love Sacramento's momentum right now, and I'm I'm kind of backing it. Yeah. So to me, the the only way I would play this game is on the under. Uh, the side I think is I I do think it's kind of a fifty fifty because you have Atlanta who was already in California. They were waiting for Sacramento to get back. Sacramento had a late game last night. They had to play the entire time pretty hard because it was a close game with Utah. Obviously, it came down to the last so- a second. Fox expended a ton of energy in the fourth quarter, but then on the or on Atlanta side, they just got off of a double overtime game where they had to come back from, I think, 21 points down, and they still lost to the Warriors. Thank God the Warriors covered because I had that one, and I was really pissed because I, I was watching a different game, and I turned back it on, and it was overtime, and I was like, what the hell happened here? But Yeah, I was on the anyway, same side. It was stupid. Yeah. Anyways, um to me, I just, I can't play the side on this one. Um, and I tweeted out last night, like if, if it was anybody but the Hawks, I probably would have taken the, the team that Sacramento was playing with, with maybe a few exceptions, but, um, you know, all, all the luck to you and I wish nothing but the best cause I'm not on either side, but I, I do say that I think the line is 240 or something, 242 right now. And I think that's way too high for this game. Um, I think it's up to 245 right now on DraftKings. Yeah. It is 245. Yeah, but it's another one that you know, scared money doesn't make any money. But in this case, I think I'm probably just going to sit this game out altogether because I think there are too many variables. Both these teams do kind of play fast. Um, if you look at the trends, this would indicate that it would be more likely to be an over. 245 is a lot of points for one team that just came off a double overtime game and another one that's in a back-to-back. I I would not advise anybody to play the over, um, but I'm thinking you're probably going to be sitting on pins and needles the whole game if you're betting the under too. So, and I, I try and avoid those situations. Agreed. Um, yeah, I mean, there's one way traffic to the under in this game according to the betting splits, and that the the number keeps going up. That's yeah. that's that's my one like pushback because otherwise yep. I'm with you. I, I I kind of naturally look at the under in this spot, but. Um, especially with, again, and I, and I put all this in my handicap, Atlanta shoots terrible shots. They have absolutely yeah. terrible shot quality, you know? Yeah. So um, it's also a revenge game for my boy Kevin Horter. Uh, That's right. <laughs> Kevin Horter went to, went to the same high school, so I'm rooting for him. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him, him and Ian Anderson from the Atlanta Braves were in the same year. They, oh. like, both played on the baseball team. Um Atlanta, uh, obviously, uh, Ian Anderson got more out of his baseball career, but Kevin Horter, um, yeah, uh, I'd recommend, McDonald's I'd recommend American. his, I'd recommend his over on threes. It's over two and a half and he's at home. I think he averages 2.7. If I remember correctly, I had him the other night for it. Um, I, I kind of like that. I like Sabonis again is listed at, uh, same thing. He was last night over 34 and a half. The only concern for points and rebounds I, I like that one again. 
Um, the only concern I would have there is solely just that, you know, he may not play as many minutes. Um, Cause of the but back then there. again, yeah, the, the Kings were, their bench was awful last night. So I, I don't know who Mike Brown can play in this place. Well, so. Malik Monk, I was looking at the previous Hawks Kings game, which the Hawks won one fifteen and one Oh six earlier this year. Um, it was probably closer than it should have been because Malik Monk had like 28 points off the bench, but Kevin Horder and Darren De'Aaron Fox sucked in that game. So that's also kind of part of my analysis as well. I'm I'm expecting bounce back performances from both of them based on how Fox has been playing and really just based on how terrible Anna's defense is. And this is also like an underrated injury. And in my opinion, like I was saying this handicapping the Knicks Hawks a couple years ago. My biggest concern as a Knicks fan was Clint Capella clogging up the middle. Like that was my issue. And he's been injured. He's not on the floor. I don't even know what his on off numbers are, but like he is a legitimate rim protector, defensive rebounder, like very, very good at that, at those roles and something that, that they're significantly lacking. So, yeah. And, uh, Kevin, Kavan, Kavan Looney. Kavan um, <laughs> No, but I was going to say Kavan Looney also grabbed 14 rebounds against the Hawks the other night. Now it was a double overtime game. He also got the game winner, all no, that stuff. I think it was 21, right? It was 14 was points, it? 21 rebounds. I, Maybe I that's what it was. Okay. Let me let me check. I got it right here. Um, 20 rebounds. Yeah, 14 points, 20 rebounds. So yeah. you're right. So that to me is another reason that I'm kind of like, Sabonis is probably going to hit this prop again. So, I mean, I think that I think I'll probably make that an official play for me and for clients um, on on tonight's card. And there's a lot of good spots tonight. Yesterday, I think it was I didn't like a side or a total. I only played props, but yeah, that's yeah. a whole another podcast. But for whatever reason, <laughs> the NBA just like keeps scheduling stinkers on Tuesday. Yeah, you know, like Thursday when when football season or Thursday night football ends. That's usually when the NBA comes in with their TNT doubleheader. I don't know why they're just like letting Tuesday go by the wayside, even in football season. Like, you know, there's no football games on Tuesday. So, but yeah, there's a 12 game slate here in the NBA, a bunch of on Wednesday, a bunch of good looks. Let's talk about a few years because I, I have two more, sure. but I think you've got a couple plays you can sprinkle in here. So, what are you looking yeah, at? Yeah. So, so I, I don't, I want to make sure this is real clear. These aren't official plays yet. These are all my leans that I, you know, over the course of the day, I spend more and more time looking into them and I, I kind of throw out things that I like and don't like. Um, so I will, I'll tell you if it's like going to be more of, of an official or anything like that, but, uh, these are just kind of leans and kind of how I'm looking at games. Um, I guess I'm going to start at how they're listed here on like ESPN for the schedule. Uh, the first one I'm, I was looking at today was Memphis in the first half against Charlotte. Um, Charlotte is terrible at home. Uh, they, I mean, they're terrible overall, but they're also going to be without Kelly Oubre. And now he's not like the best player in the world or something like that, but um, he is a lot of their offense. So I think they're going to struggle to figure out, you know, what they do here. Um, Charlotte's probably going to be eaten alive on the rebounds by Steven Adams. John Morant is better than LaMelo. I know LaMelo is going to, you know, probably step it up because of Morant playing. Um, but now you got another game with Bain back. You got Brooks, Jaron Jackson. I mean, the, the starting five of Memphis is every single one of them is better than the starting five of Charlotte. 
Um, and I expect them to kind of come out here and just kind of put pedals to the metal. Uh, they haven't been as good in the first half this season as they had been in years past. In fact, over the last five games, they're only two and three. But over their last three games, they're two and one. Um, and I think that does have to do with getting Bain back into it, getting a little bit more acclimated to everything. The Hornets, on the other hand, 0-5 on their last five, 0-3 in their last three. 1-9 uh, in the first half of their last 10 home games. Jeez. So, to me, this is a spot for the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies usually do come out pretty aggressive, come out hard. They have a game tomorrow night, which is something that I tend to look at as well, um, because a lot of times these teams that do have the back-to-back want to come and save some of that energy if they are aggressive like the Grizzlies have been over the last year or so. They come out in the first half of games to try and win it in the first half and then kind of coast in the second and just maintain that lead. So I wouldn't play the full game because it is possible that, you know, Charlotte could come back or they could, um, you know, get a backdoor cover or something like that. But I I like the first half in this one. I think um, there's good enough reason that that we can expect the Grizzlies to cover a minus four, which is, again, that's only two buckets. So you're asking them to win each quarter by two points just for a push and anything else is a win. I I think that's more than legitimate. The only concern I'd have is that Charlotte's been home now. um, For This will be their fourth game in a row there, so they should be comfortable, but they're just such a bad team that it's – I I don't think it should be an issue. So I'm on that one for sure, and that that will be a client play. I'll tell you what, every time I bet – either for or against Charlotte, Terry Rozier ruins my fucking night. <laughs> it really doesn't. If, he, yeah. if I bet against him, he's going to have the game of his life. Like it felt like I bet against the Charlotte. He had like two or three game winning buzzer beaters last year. And I think I was, I bet against Charlotte like on the money line in both or on all yeah. three. And it was just like this goddamn MF or, <laughs> You were victims of them both, huh? Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. So I have like a, I don't know. I I try to stay away from Charlotte games. I try to stay away from Philly games and Brooklyn games as well. Um, Both of which are playing tonight. Do you have action in either? What's uh, what's the next game or play that you're looking at making? So um, I'll I'll touch on the Philly one. My original first thought was going to be Philly first quarter um, because they're at home. Indiana's coming off of a long homestand, uh, and I think them coming out there. They've been really bad in the first quarter this season overall. I mean, at home and away, Philly's okay. Um, but I, I laid off this one. This was something that I had on the card originally, and I, I took it off after doing a little bit more research. Lately, Indiana's been a little bit better. Um, in fact, I think over the last five games, they've they've uh, are their five first excuse me, their first road game of the season, or sorry, how do I want to say this? Their first road game after a homestand, they have covered the first quarter in the majority of them. So that was one of the reasons I backed off of it. Um, Just feels a little bit too much of a coin toss here. Um, But aside from that, I don't have really anything in this game, um, except for maybe one player prop I'm looking at, which is uh, DeAnthony Melton over two and a half threes at plus 140. Um, not a guy you hear a lot about, but he's actually been playing pretty well for um, Philly lately. Uh, Solid is a game time decision. I didn't realize, but 
So over his past five games, he has three, three, two, two, five, and then I'll throw in the sixth one here, three. And those are his threes made. So talking about four out of his last six games, he's made three threes. His attempts have been anywhere between five and seven a game. Um, if it's five, you got to worry a little bit about it. If it's seven, I think it hits. Um, but at plus 140, I think you're getting pretty good odds. So that that might be something I either sprinkle or play myself. Damn. I have to beef up my player prop analysis. It's the, by far the most time consuming. And by, uh, you know, they, they played, uh, Indy earlier this year, by the way, uh, Melton only shot four threes. He had two of them. So it would have been a loser, but he also only played 17 minutes in that game. Now he's playing around 30. Dude. I feel that about the NBA player props being the most time consuming. Um, for sure. I've, I've looked for hours at player props and then just been like, you know what? I might be able to get there with one. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know how you do it. Uh, I just is the game that I saw as I'm like going through the card. Phoenix at Cleveland. Cleveland right now is minus five. Yep. Shouldn't I don't know. Shouldn't we just be fading Phoenix until further notice? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of my thought on it. I like Cleveland in this one. Um, Cleveland's actually been playing pretty shitty lately. If you yeah. if you watch some of these games, like yeah. I mean, they struggled against the Bulls on the road, and then they yeah. were down twenty, and it took seventy one from Mitchell to come back in that one, and some pretty questionable calls. I'm a Bulls fan, so I'm a little upset about that one still. But Mitchell was definitely over the free throw line when he got his own rebound and tossed it back up. I thought uh, you weren't a Bulls. Are you? You're not a Bears uh, fan, right? I'm not a Bears fan. Gotcha. Either. Okay, that's Bears. what it was. Yeah. Um, but I do think that this is probably the right spot for Cleveland. Um, you know, you're, you're at home again, coming off of a pretty big win. Phoenix looks – I mean, they looked terrible against the Knicks, obviously. That, that was no contest before it even started. And then if they get Mobley back, I think it probably helps a little bit with the interior defense. Really the only person who can score right now is DeAndre Ayton. Mikhail Bridges isn't going to be scoring for you. Chris Paul looks like he's done. Landry Shamit. I mean, if he gets hot, then it's one thing, but I I just don't know where you're going to get a lot of points from Phoenix. Um, so, I don't know. This is the last game for Cleveland before the homestand ends, so you got a little bit of questions, but this is also the last game on the road for Phoenix. Uh, they might want to try and close it out with a win. It, it's, it's a little bit of a toss-up, but I do think the Cavs probably pull this out, and I think they should cover. I don't I don't know why they wouldn't um the team total for the suns right now is 106 and a half with more juice on the under i'm trying to do this on the fly so i don't like interrupt the podcast or slow it down but like um looking for like team total team totals yeah both are both are juiced to the under it's uh cleveland under 111.5 and uh suns under 106.5, 106.5, both are reduced to minus 120. This year... To tell you be the under for the game. Phoenix is playing more to the over on a team total in, a, in away games. Um, yeah. Their last three games, they've scored 82, 84, 102, and then they put up 125 in a freak game against Memphis, which I still can't even really figure out. 
Yeah, that pissed me off too. Ah, yeah, because they mostly are going to play through eight, and and who's got a better front court defensively than 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 Cleveland? Right. I uh, mean, like, eight, <clears throat> you can look at this too, though. If you're looking at the player props here, you got Chris Paul under 15.5 points, minus 125. DeAndre Ayton under 18.5 points, minus 145. Mikhail Bridges, 15.5, pretty much even. Torrey Craig, under 8.5, minus 125. So so what's your, what's your takeaway from that? My takeaway is that they're not expecting Phoenix to be able to score much. I mean, if, you're, if basically every one of your starters is sitting here right now with nothing towards the over juiced, you, you got some issues with points coming here. Um, there's not that many from Cleveland to kind of tell a difference, but – I just, you know, their scoring revolves around Booker and he's out. So not that they can't win a game or something, but I I think Cleveland, Cleveland should win this with, with relative ease. Um, Wouldn't be surprised to see him blow them out. Um, Phoenix just kind of collects themselves, goes back home and tries to figure it out until they can get Booker back. Um, I'm thinking about just locking in a, a, a um a team total under 106 and a half for the for for the Phoenix Suns. Maybe I'll have to circle back on that as we continue the podcast. I'm like looking yeah. stuff up here on one of my other screens. Um, Cleveland Cleveland has given up more points lately yeah. to opponents. Yeah. So you just but who are they? Chicago twice. Um. Indiana, which is a high volume team, Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. Then they gave up a one eighteen to Toronto. That's kind of embarrassing. Um but like the the advanced or the, the on off net rating for for really all the starters outside of Devin Booker and Phoenix is, is pretty pretty atrocious. Actually Mikhail Bridges has a plus three point two net rating. Chris Paul, minus seven point nine, DeAndre Ayton, minus twelve point two. Tory Craig, minus 20 and a half. The, the Phoenix Suns score 20 and a half more points per 100 possessions in non-garbage time when Tory Craig is missing, when he's not in the game, which is just obviously terrible, right? I think it's in the yep. bottom one percentile, literally the worst in the league for, for wings. Um, Man, it's just tough because... Because I, I am like I, I still don't view Donovan Mitchell as a good defensive player, right? He's been not so terrible this year. Karis Levert is a me first, like I want to score first type of guy, which mm-hmm. is great for a six man, but I don't know if it's great for my under and a Phoenix team total. But I'm thinking about that. We'll circle back. What other what other bets do you have there on your slip or leans? What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. 
Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Whatever. Um, so I, I guess go to the, uh, we can talk about the um, Timberwolves and um, Trailblazers game. So th- this is the third time they've played. Uh, the first person I was looking at is D'Angelo Russell. He's back tonight. 18 and a half points for his total. Um, he's gone over that in both of the games they played against Portland. Portland's backcourt can obviously score a ton of points, but they don't really play any defense either. So um, the only thing that I would be a little curious on is uh, Gary Payton Jr. came back. So he's a really good on-ball defender. If they put him on Russell when he plays, that could slow down his production. But my guess is he's probably going to try and um, face Anthony Edwards if he if uh, he's out there when um, Jeremy Grant isn't. So not 100% sure. It looks like he's kind of a to- – uh, Peyton is a toss-up to play anyways. But I, I do think that this is a good spot for Russell to get over his point total in that one. Is – Partially because of just no cat and just higher usage. Because I tried to play over his point total once, and it kind of screwed me. Yeah, I mean he's he's averaging I think seventeen or seventeen something on the season right now. Um, but yeah, without cat, he's been better. He's better at home typically. Um, he had twenty five against Detroit, fifteen, twenty seven, thirteen, twenty one. So I mean it is kind of all over the place. But uh, before he had two back to back DNPs when he was out on the road trip with them in Utah and Portland, he had 30, 24, 23, came back home against Chicago, 28, and then had a couple clunkers against Dallas, which is a good defensive team. But if you're looking at him against teams that have bad backcourt defenses, he's scoring some pretty good points. So I think it's worth it. Um, and it's, it's at minus one Oh five on DraftKings. It's actually, I think at minus one eighteen on, uh, FanDuel, so I think uh, it's I think it's a good play. And obviously, you take the one hundred and five, right, 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 and always shot for the best number. That's the yeah, key. for sure. That's the key here. We help you do yep. that at Outkick. Actually, we have um, on Outkick dot com. There's there's um, there's links to our odds finder, player prop finder, and future finder. So, like the the most important thing to sports betting, or one of the more important things, is finding the best of the numbers. So we help you do that. Uh, visit outkick.com backslash sports hyphen betting. And you'll see those uh, clickable links. that will get you to the best of the number. Um, all right. Well, uh, the, the next pick that I gave out this morning, I went under um, 229 in the Bucks Raptors game. It's now 225 and a half. Um, I'd still play it at that number. Just because there is this, this is a pros versus Joe's game still in the betting market. Um, most of the, 
um, money in the in the consensus market at least is on the is on the under in this game, whereas um, slightly more bets are on the over. So you know the pros are coming in on the under, um, the the Joes are are back in the over here. But um, Toronto plays Milwaukee really well. They've won and covered six of the last seven meetings, and they have like the size and depth mm-hmm. on the wing to like make Giannis work. Granted, he put up 55 last night and and is probably the best player in the world or, you know, certainly in the conversation. But Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, and, like, Scotty Barnes are as good as you're going to get to, like, make him, you know, struggle, if that's even at all possible. Um, he might um, not play tonight either. Yeah, yeah, there's – and if he doesn't play, then – Holiday's out already. Oh, really? Okay. And yep. Holiday actually, though he's a better defensive player, um, at least this year he's more important to their offense. For sure. Yeah. But this is like the more interesting thing, or one of the more interesting things I did, I saw when I was doing my research on this. According to Bill Simmons, he was saying that there's like chemistry issues in, in Milwaukee's locker room. And that really? kind of explains like the Bucks' offensive woes. You know, they're 21st in offensive rating um, and non-garbage time. They have the worst offensive late rating in the league. They're 24th in field goal percentage and three-point percentage. Um, and Toronto's, uh, again, a pretty good defense. Nick Nurse is one of the best defensive head coaches in the league. Um, but on the other hand, like, Milwaukee's defense is world beaters, right? And Toronto's offense sucks. If Fred Van Vliet isn't shooting well, they're in a lot of trouble because if he doesn't hit his shots, he's pretty much a net negative for your team. He doesn't bring a lot else to the table. Like, yeah, he doesn't turn the ball over, which is good, and he structures the offense, but, like, the offense needs him to make his shots for them to be good, right? Um, I guess with no Drew Holiday, that's a little little nerve-wracking, but... um, I, I think the Bucks are still favorites, right? Or no? No, they're they're, no, they're the, underdogs. The now. Raptors were. Yeah, the the line I think opened at Raptors minus two and then moved all the way to five. It's now gotten back down to about. I'm looking at minus four and a half. So, um, I think the Raptors are going to be able to control the tempo. You know, with their ball security, their first and offensive turnover rate, second and defensive turnover rate. And they play the fourth slowest pace in the NBA. So there's going to be a lot of long possessions. And even though Milwaukee's defense is really good, they have the second lowest defensive turnover rate. So they're just trying to stay in front of you, contest your shots, and then rebound, right? Which is pretty – that's exactly what I'm looking for from betting an under, right? Like Because turnovers turn into easy buckets. And that's also kind of the best feature of Toronto's offense is turning – turnovers into easy buckets um getting second chance points they really crash the glass but like milwaukee is one of the best defensive rebounding teams in the league they don't give up a lot of pain points they don't give up a lot of fast break points they don't give up a lot of um points off of turnovers right so i think this is going to be a lot of long possessions a lot of one and done possessions specifically for toronto because i don't think they're going to be able to like grab the offensive rebound and um Seven, excuse me, um, yeah, seven of the last nine Bucks raptors meetings have went under the total, and the average total margin in those games are minus 11.4. Granted, Giannis has missed several of those games, but he might not play tonight either. So, 
and it would right. kind of it would fit into the pattern if they sat him. So I wouldn't be surprised yeah. at all. And that's I think the line movement is suggesting that like there is a at least a fifty fifty chance he doesn't play. So yeah, I really doubt he does. This is a weird another one of those weird schedule things where a lot of teams have gone through it this year where they have like one road game and then they go back home. It just I don't know. They 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 make almost no sense to me you, to do a back to back game, force a team to go all to Canada just to come back to Milwaukee. I, whoever made the schedule this year in the NBA did not help a lot of teams, except the Lakers, who have <laughs> yeah. more rest days than anybody else. But, they they need all the help they can get. Yeah, for sure. LeBron probably asked for it, but whatever. What other uh, plays do you have on your slip? I only got two more games that. I would touch on. I know one of them is one that you, I, th- I think you have a play on too, but uh, so I, m- the other two games I was looking at were Miami versus Los Angeles and then uh, Detroit versus Golden State. So which one you want to talk about first? I have a play, pick in Heat Lakers, so let's talk about uh, Pistons, Pistons Warriors first. Yeah, yeah. So I'm focused in here on the first quarter and first half. Uh, that's where the Warriors excel, especially at home. Detroit does not on the road. Um, now Detroit will put up a fight and they'll put up a fight as long as they can. Uh, but what I'm looking at here is warriors just came off that double overtime game. They put out, you know, they'll be on an emotional high, I guess. It's, I mean, it's probably gone now, but they also gave up that big lead in the second half. Um, what I'm looking at here is for them to just come out and kind of stomp on Detroit's throats. I think they win the first quarter at minus two. And then I think they win the first half at minus three and a half. So, um, that that'd be the way that I look in this game. Uh, as long as everybody plays for them, and it, it looks like at least right now everybody's supposed to be going. Um, I don't see any anybody really even questionable. They they don't have Kaminga. Um, they don't have some of the role players off the bench, but their starting five should be able to manage against um, the Pistons. And if they stop Bogdanovich in the first half, I mean they'll they'll be able to coast. Yeah, there's not much going on in Detroit's offense right. outside of Bogdanovich. That's for sure. Yeah. So I was high in Detroit coming in this season. Bums me out that Cade Cunningham went down, and my future tickets are pretty much dead. Yeah, Cade. I mean, Cade obviously was a big deal with that, but they're still just kind of a work in progress. I mean, even with him, they, you know, they probably win two or three more games at least at this point. But it's it's been partially scheduling. It's been partially some of these players haven't taken as much of a step as you needed them to. Um, a bit of a tangent here, unless you have more on the, this uh, Pistons Warriors matchup. Nope. Just want to talk about that. The only thing else I got is Miami. Well, let's talk about your hometown team real quick. Hosting the sure. Brooklyn Nets. Um, okay. The Nets are world beaters right now. I don't know how many yeah. they won in a row, but man, Kevin Durant, a is fortunate and B kind of looks dumb for demanding a trade in the beginning of the season. Ah, maybe dumb, not dumb, but like definitely overly emotional, right? He he got a little um, too far into the weeds on Twitter. And I guess it's probably annoying dealing with the off the field or off the court issues, but like they built a hell of a team around him. Um, yep. I look at uncovers.com. They've at least won 10 in a row and they've covered eight of their last 10. They're 15 and one over their last 16 games, I believe. Jesus. Yeah. Is this the spot where you fade them? I, I, I don't I, think I can, but 
you know, I, I stayed away from it. I, the last time they played the bulls won, So there's a little bit of that, like, you know, I, I think in season revenge game thing is not as big of a deal. I think when you get knocked out of the playoffs by somebody that matters the next year, but like losing a game, you know, the bulls won in Brooklyn last time they played and now they come here. I mean, to me, I think this is one of those games that like it could go either way. I'd rather take the points with the team at home, especially this year, because that seems to be like just, you know, the overwhelming thing that's happening is the home teams are covering with the points a lot. Um, Bulls seem to play these like Eastern Conference people better. The trends would all tell you that Brooklyn is the side to play because uh, the Bulls are very bad in almost every ATS situation that is yeah. in here tonight. So, uh, home um, dogs this year, 59% against yeah. the spread. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know me personally, I, I'm not playing it. Um, but if I had to, like, if you, you know, gave me a free play or you just told me you got to pick somebody, I'd take the bulls just with the points. All right. Fair enough. Let's talk about the, I think that's the second of an ESPN doubleheader. Um, heat Lakers, yeah, which could have been a, a cool game if Anthony Davis was healthy. Uh, LeBron James right now listed as questionable. Um, but at least according to Rotowire, this is a relatively healthy Heat team given, you know, most days. <laughs> <laughs> given the Heat, yeah. Yeah, I mean, usually you want to, you see, uh, a game status or a questionable status next to Jimmy Butler and or Bam Adebayo, but they're both the least as of right now. Of course, make sure you check on this stuff up to the time of placing your final bet or placing a bet, but Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo look good to go. Um, I'm on the heat. I, I bet it this morning at minus four. I'm struggling to give it out at minus seven right now, which is the current number, but I don't, I can't really make a pro um, Lakers argument. I mean, this is just a terrible matchup for the Lakers. Miami's defense allows the fewest paint points per game in the NBA and the fourth fewest wide-open three-point attempts. So they do a hell of a job closing out on three-point shooters and locking down the paint, which is just a product of Eric Spolster, really. I mean, they have players in and out of the lineup all the time, but yet their defense remains very, very solid regardless of who's playing. Um, and the Lakers have pretty much the lamest offense in the NBA, right? I mean, even yep. like it, it's almost like there's three scores in a Lakers game. There's the Lakers, there, 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 there's their opponent, and then there's LeBron James. Like all of his oh. numbers are effectively meaningless. Like they don't, they don't matter. And one of the things that I like the narrative things or just one of the my, I don't know, minute handicapping factors that I had in my analysis here is just how he'll turn the ball over and then not get back on defense. And against a Miami Heat team that likes to get turnovers and is very good at at, at turning over um, other teams, I think they're going to be controlling the pace and the flow of this the entire the entire way through, just like they did the first time. The Heat only committed four turnovers against the Lakers earlier this season when they beat them by, by 14. Um, and that, that score, 112 to 98, was probably actually, like, that game was more lopsided than the final score even indicates. Like, Miami lost the fourth quarter 28-27, but clearly just took their foot off the gas. 
Um, I, I expect him to really beat the brakes off of off of uh, Los Angeles um, again. And like the other narrative based factor that I have here is if there's a one team that's really not going to feel sorry for the Lakers struggling, it's definitely going to be the Heat that lost to them in the bubble finals. Right? They're cool. they're going to push their head underneath the water and just hold it there. <laughs> like they yep. I don't think there's any chance that they're like looking ahead, right? I mean, this is the last of their crypto.com games, uh crypto.com arena games. They they played and beat the Los Angeles Clippers on Monday. So, I think we get a full effort. I think Jimmy Butler out of bio and Hero really show up, get a little bit of re- revenge. I I kind of I don't know. I winced when I said that because it's not like like we already talked about, you know, regular season revenge isn't really revenge and it's been a couple years removed, but I mean also, you know, the the Heat are only two games above 500. They're still probably higher in the standings than their health would suggest they should be, but this is the type of game that they just kind of bury their opponent in. And yep. that's what I'm looking at here, so I guess I'll play it up to minus seven. I gave it out of minus four. If my podcast record takes a hit because of this, I'm going to be kind of salty about it. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, please be sure to have notifications on for my Twitter or just check outkick.com backslash sports betting daily because I'm I'm posting these um, handicaps as early as possible. But for the podcast, I'll give it out at heat minus seven. But damn it. (laughs) Damn it. It pisses me off. I'll be honest. I don't know that you have that much to worry about with this. I, I, I'm with you. Pretty much everything points to the Heat covering this game. Um, I I was looking at the lineups too, and they have LeBron as a game time decision, which usually means that he's probably going to sit this one out because he wasn't the he wasn't listed this way against the Hornets. He's always um, probable, right? Yeah. But for this one, for some reason, I, I just kind of get the feeling that he's not going to play. Um, Lonnie Walker is listed the same way, but I think he played in the last one, didn't he? No, he didn't. He, he hasn't played in the last two games. So if he's out too, I mean, there's, there's no depth to the Lakers to begin with. But um, I like the heat here. Jimmy Butler has kind of held a grudge against the Lakers since they beat him in the finals. Like, I mean, I, I don't know how many times uh, the Heat have lost the Lakers since then, but um, he does seem to play harder. In those games it hasn't uh, like statistically he's literally always been the best defensive player against lebron yeah he's been really good over his entire career against lebron um even when he was like just a defensive player on the bulls like he was really good against him um and, and, you know he he does take these games a lot more serious um than your average player uh you know you'll if you get crunch time jimmy like when he's in the playoffs and, and when it's like fourth quarter and you guys need a score, like Butler is one of the best players in the NBA to just have on your team for those situations. I mean, it's fun to watch him uh, when he's, he's like trying his hardest. To me, he was clearly the best player in the Heat Celtics series. Yeah, easily. And I mean, he, he could have legitimately been considered the best player in the Miami versus uh, Los Angeles series too in the finals that yeah. year. I mean, he single-handedly won their only game they had. I think. I think they were. I think it was four to one. I thought, I thought it was four to two, but I think game didn't he have like a forty-point triple-double yeah. one of those games? Like he yeah, went he, nuts. He, yeah, he he did, and he played 
out of his mind pretty much every game. But in any case, I mean, um, for tonight's game, what I, what I'd be looking at there is the heat to cover. I like the heat in the first half. And part of that is the Lakers are coming back from Charlotte. So a cross country trip. And now which of these two teams has actually played in this arena more recently. That's the heat. Sure. So to me, I actually like them to come out in the first half. I think that line is minus three right now. He'd have been very good lately in the first half. Um, and the, I will say the Lakers are one of the better first half teams at home in the NBA uh, over their last time. They're seven and three, but that still has some Anthony Davis lingering left around um, over their last five. The Lakers are two and three at home and one and two over their last three in the first half at home. Uh, the Heat are two and one in their last three on the road. First half, three and two, last three or last five on the road. Things to me here are pointing that the Heat win in the first half and that they just have to cover it by a minus three right now. So that that's the way that I was looking in this game as well. Yeah, I don't hate it. My it's just my thing is like I don't know. I'm like kinda sheepish or whatever about about taking quarters or halves. Sure. Um, I'm still kind of newer to that. Like I, I, I'm kind of like scarred by the first five uh, baseball lines, where it's kind of mm. like I'll talk myself out of a game, out of a team for the full game, but end up defaulting to their first five because they have the starting pitching edge, and then like I'll lose two to one, and then the team that I bet and lost in the first five ends up squeaking yeah. it out against the bullpen. It's like stuff like that, or it's yeah. just like I, I have a tough time finding the rhythm, but. That's probably the better way to go about this now that the line has went from minus four to minus seven. Um, yeah. Because I do think the Heat just beat the brakes off of them. But hopefully in your case, if you're if you're officially making that bet, it doesn't happen, you know, uh, your bet cashes. But, you know, maybe maybe I need a full 48 minutes for the Heat to, to cover the spread. So I'll just take it on the full game. Um, do you have any other games or, or – or things basketball related, you want to get off your chest? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we can talk about family stuff too. How was your New yeah. Year's? <laughs> no, I I don't actually. I mean, we covered almost every game. Um, I think the only one we we skipped like the Knicks and uh, Spurs, and then Oklahoma City, Orlando. But I, I really don't have anything for any other ones. Um, I I feel like now the teams do seem like they're trying a little bit harder the first i don't know two months of the season just seemed like they you know it was a hodgepodge of whatever whatever could go wrong went wrong and uh it seems like right now it's kind of starting to turn around to being a little bit more normal basketball which is good yeah i'm i knew this ahead of time but like i'm gonna try to remember it and 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 bet less games pre-christmas in the nba like it agreed they're not even hiding it. They don't give a they don't give a shit until Christmas. Like it just yep. that's just it's kind of mostly always been that way, right? But um, I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna probably make less bets next year pre Christmas. And like you said, their teams are starting to ramp up, starting to get into the flow, and we're starting to see who's who's contending and who's pretending. I guess for the the corny cliche way to put it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's. That's kind of how I'm starting to see stuff. So, uh, anyways, where can people follow your stuff along? Oh, actually, I guess I'll lock in my official bets here. I'll take under 225.5 from the Bucks Raptors. I'll go Miami or 
Sacramento Kings minus 115 on the money line and Miami Heat minus 7. I'm going to stay away from the Phoenix team total, which is under 106.5. Huge lean uh, because Cleveland is one of the better defensive teams in the league and Phoenix is terrible on offense without Devin Booker. But Cleveland's defense hasn't been all there uh, recently. And um, I think Phoenix is, hold on, let me pull this up, as a road dog. They are six and two to the over tonight or this year. So I want to pass on that, but uh, I did give out three plays. What, uh, if any official plays you want to give out? I think I'm going to stick with that Grizzlies first half minus four um, as, as an official play. And then I'm also going to do, I'll go with, uh, I'll do some bonus over the 34 and a half points and rebounds. So uh, we can both root for something in that one. Um, and then I can just go over the other leans I had or, or things I'm still kind of finalizing. Cavs minus five. Um, DeAnthony Melton over two and a half threes at plus 140. D'Angelo Russell over 18 and a half points. Um, and then Heat minus heat first half minus three. Warriors first quarter minus two. Warriors first half minus three and a half. So again, these are all leans. These are all things that I've already started research on. They've got reasons behind them, but that doesn't mean that I'm fully playing them all. What when you do officially lock in those plays, uh, where can people get access to those or how can people keep up with your, your sports betting analysis? Yeah, sure. So, um, I don't do NBA on outkick, but pretty much any other sport I do outkick. So you guys can just go look me up. Um, and then, uh, the other stuff is at beaten the bookie. So if you want the NBA package, it's at beaten the bookie.com B E A T I N t-h-e-b-o-o-k-i-e.com um and you can find me on twitter at future prez 2024 uh p-r-e-z and then uh i do want to also give a shout out to everybody um we did a donation yesterday uh or kind of like a donation cause obviously everybody in the world knows about damar hamlin and everything that's going on with him um but he his toy drive obviously raised like millions of dollars and all that stuff which is great uh but I'm really thankful for a lot of the followers I have because uh, I just tweeted out, you know, if you if you DM me that you donated to this thing, I'll give you the NBA card. And we went 3-0 yesterday. So I was really happy that uh, we were able to reward those people who went out of their way and, and supported, you know, a good cause. So that's the kind of stuff I like to do too. And, you know, it's about making money for people and everything. But uh, we got to also kind of keep in mind the, the reason we do some of this stuff. Yeah, making money for charitable causes is – a win all the way around. Good yeah. stuff, man. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I'll probably be back tomorrow with an NBA podcast, um, a definitely an NFL podcast coming this week. So I'll be on the lookout for that. But uh, best of luck to you guys um, in tonight's loaded NBA slate, 12 games. Hopefully you uh, use some of our analysis and make some picks, whether you fade or follow us and have as profitable of an NBA as we hope to have. So best yeah. of luck. Peace out. Thank you.